Hey everybody, it's time for chapter four of Island of the Blue Dolphins. Yesterday, we found out that Captain Orlov and the Alutes were hunting, um, and they were kind of, they didn't really trust them because they hadn't had um, good interactions with the Alutes in the past. Also, um, Ulap, who is Karana's older sister, found a giant school of white bass which was enough to feed the tribe, but not enough to also give some to the Aleuts. So they were upset about that. And when we left off, they realized that Captain Orlov and the Aleuts were getting ready to leave the island. So, chapter four. The Aleuts left on a sunless day. Out of the north, deep waves rolled down upon the island. They broke against the rocks and roared into the cave, sending up white sprays of water. Before night, a storm would certainly strike. Not long after dawn, the Aleuts took down their skin tents and carried them to the beach. Captain Orlov had not paid my father for the otter he had killed, so when news came that the hunters had packed up their tents, all of the tribe left their village and hurried toward Coral Cove. The men with their weapons went first and the women followed. The men took the trail that led to the beach, but the women hid themselves among the brush along the cliff. Ulap and I went together far out on a ledge where I had hidden before when the hunters first came. The tide was low and the rocks in the narrow beach were scattered with bundles of otter pelts. Half of the hunters were on the ship. The rest were wading into the water, tossing the pelts into a boat. The Aleuts laughed while they worked, as if they were happy to leave the island. My father was talking to Captain Orlov. I could not hear their words because of the noise the hunters made, but from the way my father shook his head, I knew he was not pleased. He's angry, Ulap whispered. Not yet, I said. When he's really angry, he pulls his ear. The men who were working on the canoe had stopped and were watching my father and Captain Orlov. The other men of our tribe stood at the foot of the trail. The boat went off into the ship filled with otter. As it reached the ship, Captain Orlov raised his hand and gave a signal. When the boat came back, it held a black chest with two of the hunt- which two of the hunters carried to the beach. Captain Orlov raised the lid and pulled out several necklaces. There was little light in the sky, yet the beads sparkled as he turned them this way and that. Beside me, Ulap drew her breath in excitement, and I could hear cries of delight from the women hidden in the brush. But the cries suddenly ceased as my father shook his head and turned his back on the chest. The Aleuts stood silent. Our men left their places at the foot of the trail and moved forward a few steps and waited, watching my father. One string of beads for one otter pelt is not our bargain, my father said. One string and one iron spearhead, said Captain Orlov, lifting two fingers. The chest does not hold that much, my father answered. There are more chests on the ship, said the Russian. Then bring them to shore, my father said. You have 105 bales of otter on the ship. There are 15 here in the cove. You need three more chests of this size. Captain Orlov said something to his Aleuts that I could not understand, but its meaning was soon clear. There were many hunters in the cove, and as soon as he spoke, they began to carry the pelts to the boat. Beside me, Ulap was scarcely breathing. Do you think he will give us the other chests? She whispered. I do not trust him. When he gets the pelts, the ship may leave. It's possible. The hunters had to pass my father to reach the boat, and the first one approached him. And when the first one approached him, he stepped into his path. The rest of the pelts must stay here, he said, facing Captain Orlov. 
until the chests are brought. The Russian drew himself up stiffly and pointed to the clouds that were blowing in toward the island. I load the ship before the storm arrives, he said. Give us the other chests, then I will help you with our canoes, my father replied. Captain Orlov was silent. His gaze moved around slowly, moved slowly around the cove. He looked at our men standing on the ledge of the rock a dozen paces away. He looked upward toward the cliff and back at my father. Then he spoke to his alutes. I do not know what happened first, whether it was my father who raised his hand against the hunter whose path he barred, whether it was this man who stepped forward with a bale of pelts on his back and shoved my father aside. It all happened so quickly that I could not tell one act from the other. But as I jumped to my feet and Ulap screamed and the other cries sounded along the cliff, I saw a figure lying on the rocks. It was my father and blood was on his face. Slowly, he got to his feet. With their spears raised, our men rushed down across the ledge. A puff of white, white smoke came from the deck of the ship. A loud noise echoed against the cliff. Five of our warriors fell and lay quiet. Ulap screamed again and flung a rock into the cove. It fell harmlessly beside Captain Orlov. Rocks showered into the cove from many places along the cliff, striking several of the hunters. Then our warriors rushed in upon them, and it was hard to tell one from the other. Ulap and I stood on the cliff and watched helplessly, afraid to use the rocks, lest we injure our own men. The Aloops had dropped the bales of otter. They drew their knives from their belts, and as our warriors rushed upon them, the two lines surged back and forth along the beach. Men fell to the sand and rose to fight again. Others fell and did not get up. My father was one of these. For a long time, it seemed that we would win the battle. But Captain Orlov, who had rode off, to, rode off to the ship when the battle started, returned with more of his alutes. Our warriors were forced backward to the cliff. There were few of them left, yet they fought at the foot of the trail and would not retreat. The wind began to blow. Suddenly, Captain Orlov and his alutes turned and ran to the boat. Our men did not pursue them. The hunters reached the ship and the red sails went up and the ship moved slowly between the two rocks that guard the cove. Once more, before it disappeared, a white puff of smoke rose from the deck. As Ulap and I ran along the cliff, a whirring sound like a great bird in flight passed above our heads. The storm struck as we ran, driving rain into our faces. Though other women were running beside us and their cries were louder than the wind, at the bottom of the trail, we came upon our warriors. Many had fought on the beach. Few had left it, and of these all were wounded. My father lay on the beach, and the waves were already washing over him. Looking at his body, I knew he should not have told Captain Orlov his secret name, and back in the village, all the weeping women and the sad men agreed that this had so weakened him that he had not lived through the fight with the Aleuts and the dishonest Russian. And that's where we're ending for today. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>